0: everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: the progress report what's going on it's your girl Lila shepherd and today the progress report presents conversation with Lila and dj scream let's turn
0: my drop the on my car
1: what's going on it's your girl Lala la shepherd with the progress support, and today i'll be speaking to the legendary dj scream what, what, what up what up what up what up
0: la la what up long overdue long overdue we I know, here
1: definitely man I, you know i've been looking forward to this interview for a long time but i wanted it to be just right okay so all right like i'm excited I'm extremely ready i'm extremely you know there you go eager for this, you know? I'm how excited. I'm
0: excited. I'm blessed, man. Every day, every day that we here and we uh we healthy, we free, we're that's able, right? you know, saying to do what we love and it's a blessing. So absolutely. That's how I look at it.
1: Okay. Well um DJ Scream, um, you know, first and foremost, thank you for always giving back to me and just other people in the community that uh, just need the opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. definitely appreciate it. So today mm-hmm. I just want people to get to know you and the history behind mm-hmm. the name DJ Scream because, mm-hmm. you know, you're usually the one that's giving the interview. Right, so, right, right. You know, so I know this is probably funny for you right now. You know,
0: it is what it is. I embrace it. Got you, got you. <laughs>
1: okay, well, let's start from the beginning, man. Talk about young DJ Scream mm-hmm. as a youngster. We want to know, what were you like, you know, growing up?
0: Uh, Young DJ Scream, I mean, honestly, like, oh. Um, probably the first thing I had a passion for was what most kids have a passion for, which is cartoons and video games. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that's pretty much what it was. Um, uh, my mom's from the States, my father's from Africa mm. was from Africa. And, um, you know, basically there we was a household where they, they instilled a lot of values in me, you know what I'm saying? Um, like, um, you know, hard work, loyalty, mm. honesty, uh, to be God-fearing, you know what I'm saying? Um, Uh, To have purpose, to achieve purpose, to seek purpose—you know that type of thing—and I think at at a young age, you know, like academics were always kind of a breeze for me. Mm -hmm. Like I just kind of came out the womb, putting numbers together. Like I was always making like A plus pluses in math and all that in school. Okay. And um, I think that you know my parents met in a record store in New York City, and um, they uh, they would play music just all the time, like. My mom is playing uh, jazz, uh, Miles mm-hmm. Davis, John Coltrane, and Soul, and my father's playing Bob Marley and African mm-hmm. music and all this other stuff. So I'm just hearing music. So I was always exposed to a record or a okay. turntable like oh, yes. since since I could remember. And I think that kind of embedded into my um, my interior, just, just a love for music, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. And I remember um, looking at TV and the first thing I remember like, um, I think it was like looking at like Prince and Michael Jackson and these music videos, and mm. I was like, "Yo, oh, these guys look weird. Like, <laughs> what's up with their hair and all this other stuff?" And then later on, I remember it evolving, and then seeing a guy with some dreadlocks and a really big forehead who later on came to be Karis One. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was always just kind of like, you know, something that just kind of drew me in. Mm. But the other thing that drew me in is I was watching rappers. At the time, late '80s moving into the '90s, it was always Eric B. and Rakim, yeah. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, yeah. DJ Premier and Gang Starr. So mm-hmm. I was always kind of looking in the back, like, yo, the dude in the back looked cool, and he looked like he ain't having no stress, no pressure. Like, I like that, Where? you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of some of the, uh, just some of my younger years. Just okay. sp- like anybody else, spends their younger years just kind of like snooping around seeing what you're into for or sure. what you have a love for and uh what motivate not what motivates you but what makes you what makes you tick per se you right. know what i'm saying
1: definitely because yeah. you didn't want to originally be an artist for a short-lived time
0: it was it was probably a week or two like oh, right. all everybody right. in my hood okay. used to freestyle and you just freestyle right that was the thing to do it it's just for me to be honest in that day and Atlanta was just booty shake music. Mm. So the thought of coming from Atlanta and being a rapper or a hip-hop artist and making it, you were like loony. Gotcha. Like if you thought that you could, you were tripping in like, bro, you from Atlanta, you ain't going to mm-hmm. make it rapping. Like, And then came Outkast and then Goody Mob and yeah. the Dungeon Family and oh, then, yeah. you know, your Pastor choice and so forth. So it was beautiful because now we have balance. We still love the booty shake Absolutely. and what the culture was for Atlanta and Atlanta. You know the girls having fun in the club and everything you know just the home of freak nick right. uh, we love that but you know it was stamped as <clears throat> like a so so deaf mm. la face city and then we did see Chris Cross. you know what i'm saying that represented from here right. and what they did but it just it was just so rare like if you want to be a rapper from atlanta it's rare but i i was able to see edward j from the j team kizzy rock uh dj smurf dj mm. nabs DJ Jelly. I was able to see these people do their thing and then we even saw DJ Navs on Arsenio Hall back uh, yeah. then and it was like okay we, we looking at DJs on the big screen. We saw DJ Navs on right. the tour of Michael Jackson and Crisscross, Cross and everything so um, yeah all of that played a part in me having a love for DJing and going to the parks and seeing how the DJ could control moods for sure. with music and what have you and um It was kind of a love at first sight thing. And when I first had my opportunity to actually save up and get some turntables and put my hands on some vinyls, it it felt right. It's kind of like what Kobe was like, man, when I first felt a basketball, held a basketball, it just felt right. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was in the right place, so yeah.
1: Definitely respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, talk about bossing up, you know, within the business and the game, you know, creating Rich, the brand, mm-hmm. and also, too, you know, joining forces with Maybach Music Group.
0: You know, me and my partner, Rip, went to Cedar Grove High School, and we was cool. We was friends. Um, Then after graduation, we went different separate ways. And then after, after um. I finished with school. We bumped back into each other, and it's like, what you up to? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to do this DJ thing, trying to get us some clubs, trying to make it happen. I got my mixtapes, and I'm trying to make it happen. He's like, that's crazy, bro. You know, I got this company, Hood Rich Entertainment, man, and we just trying to get some artists going, and we just trying to do some music. Let's go grab lunch, you know what I'm saying? And literally, that lunch turned into plays. Like, how are we going to put out these mixtapes, and how are we going to do this, and how are we going to do that? So uh, our long, long, long-lasting friendship, oh, yeah. um, Turned into a business relationship then, and we were able to do a lot of positive things, help a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Enhance their careers. Sure. Um, you know, and you know, fast forward, many mixtapes and many parties and much more grinding later. Man, boom! I remember the first time I got a call from Rick Ross, and it was just like, Yo, I ain't, I ain't on what everybody else on. You on fire right now, uh-huh. like your Shorty Low mixtape. You on fire, yeah. but I'm just calling to tell you, I see you. And i'm gonna i'm gonna rock with you in the future we're gonna do something mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i'm just calling to salute you i'm not calling like everybody else because at that time everybody wanted something from me and i'm like sure. i don't know these people right. you know what i'm saying where were y'all a year ago and <laughs> right right you right. know what yes. i mean yes. so i respected that mm-hmm. i remember um here getting the email blast for a john legend remix with a ross verse on it mm-hmm. and uh my dj is Khaled, it's infamous it's scream i'm like whoa there's like I'm three sorry. 30 million DJs and the only name. Oh, yeah. Three of them, man. I'm one of them. okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it ain't like I'm talking to bro every day. So then, you know, we would meet each other and pass in and just chop it up and just build and build and build. And mm-hmm. literally, man, I remember looking at um, a blog and seeing Wale and Meek and Ross. And I was just like, yo, man, it's like the new Rockefeller, man. All, oh, they, yeah. all they need is a DJ clue, boy oh okay well it is what it is let me keep working mm. so it's crazy like i was literally um taking a day just to breathe and i was just doing you know meditating praying you know just chilling and then i saw a 305 number i ain't recognized, and mm. just picked it up and it was him and he was like yo um what you doing I was like "Shit, you mm-hmm. know a little bit of work a little bit of hustling what's up it's like all right cool 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 yo text me your name your birthday i'm gonna fly you down tomorrow beautiful you know what i'm saying and then that's literally how it happened i went down and I'm thinking we're about to work on a mixtape or something, and he was like, nah, I want to give you a record deal, bro. Like, I want you to, I want to give you the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to do something bigger, you mm. know what I'm saying, and on a bigger scale because you earned that, you deserve that, and I want to go get true hustlers at MMG that can, you know, move on their own, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying, and that's important too, so we just start building from there.
1: Respect. Mm. Uh, salute to Rick Ross for recognizing the, the importance of a DJ. Always, you
0: know? always, Even his, even his allegiance with... Um, Sam Sneak is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like that's been a loyalty and they've been rocking forever. So I always salute Ross. And I think that's a big part of why... I mean, you got got Khaled there pretty much broke his first record. So he understands the importance of it. So I think that when you look at artists that understand the importance of DJs, Mm. then that creates longevity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The worst thing you can do is piss off the DJ community. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, definitely saluting for that.
1: Definitely. Um so speaking about the importance of a DJ, let's you know dive into the mixtape era, you know, mm. when it was really significant and major in the music business in my opinion, you mm. know. Um, some of my favorite mixtapes that you were a part of are probably like the Diamond of Bitch Music, of mm, course. You know, I love Diamond. That's the yeah. um, Migos. If
0: you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: at participating McDonald's.
1: Young Rich Niggas, mm. uh, the Gucci and uh, Scooter, Free Bricks 2, mm, um, mm, the Young Dolph, mm, I think you and Bigga did that together, mm, the high-class street music, four. Mm, uh, mm, mm. I mean, of course, the shoddy Lowe's, you mm. know, there's plenty of mixtapes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go down memory lane, just the the mixtape era, and, you know, some of the things that you were a part of.
0: It seems like such a blur, because at that time, right. we was just trying to get it, mm-hmm. and when the calls start coming, you know, we was... You no, know, we, we we was just trying to make a name for DJ scream for hood rich for for us and we wanted everybody to just kind of know what we did and mm-hmm. uh, it started kind of with like trillvilles and crime mobs and what happened with them and then we ventured west and linked up with d4l and fabo and being and stunned and shawty low and front street and brasky and everybody and um you know um low Low introduced me to so many people. Low introduced me to Rocco. Hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: I gab too. That was another
0: one. Yeah, but this was swag season. Gotcha. So Rocco, Rocco, let me just tell you how this. Rocco's going to do a the grills, Right? Okay. And, uh, huh. you know, Low pretty much put it down like, you know, we love drawing, salute to him, but bro, this is my DJ. This is my guy. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to meet him. And then me and Rock met each other and figured out we were both Capricorns, started sure. vibing with each other. And um, yeah, that's what it was. Swag season was another. I love I love the um, you know, I was always pushing the artists, mm. but I think the Rocco was the first time where the artist pushed me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because Rocco was a perfectionist, like perfectionist, perfectionist. So we're literally working on swag season. People don't know till the wee hours before it came out, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Um and then there was a guy in the studio sitting on the couch that. He was like, yo, oh, that's my artist, Future. You're going to be like the biggest hmm. artist ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what this is really about. Like, it's about, you know, bruh. Hmm. And we met Future and he was quiet. And he always had a certain energy. You know what I'm saying? We built it with him. That eventually led to 1000. Oh, yeah. Which eventually led to Dirty Sprite. Right. Which eventually led to Astronaut status too. Astronaut status, which eventually led to Rick Ross, Rich Forever, which eventually led to Ah, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. To uh, Migos, mm-hmm. YRN, which originally led to Chief Keef, okay. Almighty SO, mm-hmm. which it just kept going and going and going. And, and it, came, it came to a point where, you know, with streaming and everything, it just came to a point, a lot of people asked me, why'd you stop doing mixtapes? Why well, I never stopped doing mixtapes. I think <gasps> the climate and how people um, discovered music kind of changed. Right. The physical CD wasn't as popular and we would put CDs out everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And that's how people, it was like an underground network of finding your music and uh, we did go digital with the mixtape sites and live mixtapes and everybody, but you know, I just wanted to evolve. Like even through that whole era of doing mixtapes, if you say I started in 05, in 07 I started doing radio. It was just serious satellite radio. So actually in DC and up north, They already was on me from a radio brand. Atlanta hadn't given me an opportunity yet to be on radio. But I'm on national radio. It was kind of backwards and people would always ask me, yo, why ain't you on radio locally? Yo, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, Big shouts out to Bill Black. You know what I'm saying? He gave me my first shot. You know what I'm saying? Um, On terrestrial radio and that eventually led to me coming over here to iHeart. So I was already, if you go back, like, we got viral interviews with Waka Flocka Mm -hmm. and Pinky, the porn star and all this other stuff. So, i was already saying to myself like i'm not going to be limited to just mixtapes sure. i was doing mixtapes. i was we was trying to i was doing mixtapes mm-hmm. i was touring right. i was doing radio right. we were doing marketing right. we were doing management mm-hmm. and consulting we were doing it oh, yeah. you know what i mean spins family you know what i'm saying he was big and instrumental into he was big and instrumental uh-huh. into creating hoodish production group oh, yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. where we were able to work with up-and-coming producers and kind of You know, I mean, show show them the ropes and, you know, help put some plaques on the wall. And Mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of what it is. You know, this imprint represents hustle and really just not being comfortable and getting outside your comfort zone.
1: You know what I'm saying? Sure, and you know that's what I always gained from it, just as like a fan. You know what I mean? I was young, listening mm-hmm. to those tapes, a lot of those tapes. I was my mom just, you know, let me listen to everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one thing that we would always joke about would just be the drops. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah. like the, the yeah.
1: DJ screams, like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's
0: now, like modern day graffiti.
1: Right? You know yeah. what I mean? So that taught me the importance of branding. Mm-hmm. You know, you will always hear your tag as well as the hoodridge tag. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Um, and another thing that I could always preach about you, appreciate about you and Hood Rich, you know, the crunk era. That was my favorite mm-hmm. era of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all definitely shed light on that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, crunk expanded into trap, you know, it kind of bled over. Mm-hmm. Um, but just talk about just during that area, you know, just with everybody dancing and everybody was in motion. Talk about the crunk era. But
0: it was beautiful because what happened was, uh, you know, we were coming off of, in Atlanta that um, had diff- different, different types of music, but right around that 03, there was this crunk era brewing. And we, did, you know, we had already been saying crunk since like the mid nineties. You know what Not I'm saying? Fact, yeah. But Lil John and right. the Eastside boys just came and when they came and the sound and what they made people do in the clubs, you know, was, it was just insane. Like it was, pe- pe- we were the party capital. I just said that a couple weeks ago. We were the party capital, like people would come from everywhere to come to Atlanta and party because for one, you could party for as long as you wanted to. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have a shutdown. Like you could party till six, seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we had so many people from so many different cities, just partying and having fun and doing what they do. So right. at the end of the day, uh, little John, you know, cranked that up and then you had your trail and your scrappies right. and your crime mobs oh, yeah. and um, it just created a whole culture. and. You know, to be honest, man, you know, back then we were like, oh, it's crunk, and then sometimes it'll lead to fighting. But, yo, we'll take mm-hmm. them fights over these gunshots any day you know, now. It. You know what I'm saying? good point. Seriously, that's like, we'll take it. Point. Like, we'll see people in the club, and they'll fight. Right. And it was crunk, and it was just, I'm from the east side. I'm from the west side. I'm from mm-hmm. the south side. I'm from the north side. And it was just, it was just amazing. So, you know, uh, evolution was important. I feel like it mm-hmm. evolved from crunk to snap. Okay. You okay. know what I'm saying? True, true. true. And that was fun too, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cause oh, you got yeah. Fabo with the animation and Man. the dances and everything. But even as this snap music was, you know, progressing. Mm-hmm. you had trap music, Absolutely. which T.I. had already done some trap music, right. but Jeezy right. came and did like the, the next level of oh, trap yeah. music per oh, se. Yeah. So the clothes were really interesting then because you had your snap set hmm. and you had your trap set. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. So those were all of those years and I feel like all of those when we could like identify the type of uh subgenres of 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 southern Atlanta hip hop right. um they created everything else mm. um Future brought us melody you know what I'm saying mm. or or at least he brought it to the forefront and you got more people like doing their own hooks now oh, yeah. not really reaching out to R&B artists I'll do my own hook Rich right. Homie Quan's and all of these people, then you had what was called the futuristic era with, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying, young LA, rich kids and everybody. J Money. J Money, up, yep, yep, yep. And um, yeah, it was just, it's, it's just fun. And I and I think um, Atlanta's just a special place when it comes to sound. And if you come here and you kind of, you know, move around and you understand, like, mm. we got a studio, we got more studios than liquor stores. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? like. So there's going to be some hits somewhere because there's a lot of damn studios, like studios everywhere. We ain't even talking about the studios and people's houses. We're right. talking about that's studios, right. you know what I'm saying? And it's always kind of been that way. So I think I think we're going to keep coming with it, man. And I salute even the new younger waves of people yeah, that's doing definitely. it and keeping the culture moving forward.
1: Definitely, definitely. Mm. I mean, it's so interesting, though, just, you know, uh, a lot of these genres started here, but they, they spread everywhere. You
0: yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, but listen. The reality is when I hear a lot of records from other places, they have to salute and know that they were influenced by Atlanta in the South. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, there was a time in the early 90s where we were influenced by everything coming from the West Coast, for sure. So there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, you know, give us our proper credit. That's all we want is our proper credit. Of course. Yep.
1: Definitely. Um, Now, Diamond, I didn't know she created the Hood Rich tag until we did our interview.
0: The female Hood Rich tag she did create. That That is amazing. So what made y'all
1: feel like we got to go ahead and get this made? Or was it just...
0: You know what it is? Every artist went through the ringer of doing drops and tags. Okay. And we took the best ones. Mm. The best male one at the time was Plies. Okay. The best female one was the Hood Rich Diamond. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we got tags from... Some of the other voices you hear: Gorilla Zoe, Walker, mm-hmm. Charlie, Low, Rocco, mm-hmm. Yo Gotti, um, Dipset, Freaky Ziki. Oh yeah. Um, we got a lot of. T- I got tags. To be honest, I can go to war with my tags. Like people be like, like I got a whole hard drive I'm of sure. more tags. You know I'm what I'm saying? Sure. Like I start unleashing them. Like people are like, I ain't never heard that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. my Young Dolph one. You know what I'm saying? I got yeah. Rick Ross ones. I just let go. Like. Okay. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home, Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I got a lot of tags, um, but sure. those were like the signature ones where it was like, if I was walking down the street, I'll either hear hood rich or hood rich. Mm-hmm. So I was right. just like, okay, these are kind of infectious and people are kind of gravitating towards these. So sure. I'm gonna make these like the signature ones. You know what I'm saying? Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but doing so many different things, do you have a particular favorite? Like from DJing to, you know, doing a tour DJ tour DJing stuff, hosting mixtapes, there's doing no interviews?
0: There's no feeling like being on a tour stage, okay. you know what I'm saying, in front of thousands of people. Gotcha. Um at one point if I could have it my way, I would just tour.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, that would be it, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people when they're coming from like Mixtape DJ, and they're surprised when I can DJ. There's a lot of mixtape DJs that can't DJ live, right? So, um, but every place had, every place gives me excitement. Every every part of it gives me a different type of excitement because, man, I just love hip hop culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I'm the kid that's happy to be here. You see what I'm saying? Because in my bedroom it was surreal. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Looking at your own TV raps or looking at BET Rap City. Than being on one oh six in Park. Right. You see what I'm saying? And then reading the Source magazine avidly through my childhood, then being in Source magazine, you sure. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I kinda I kinda take it and scale it back to and I'm happy. I mean, to sit down and interview Janet Jackson was and you were here for Jay Prince, Jay like Prince, yeah. to sit down and interview these people mm-hmm. is like I never get too caught up mm-hmm. in the moment. I just, yo, I'm happy to be here, let me treat each experience. Absolutely as what it is, as a blessing? And I kind of share my excitement afterwards. Like, right. uh, like, "Yo, Janet Jackson's coming to her retreat. I didn't even believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. Listen, Janet Jackson's downstairs. I'm like, I'm being punked. Like, where are the cameras? <laughs> you know yes. what I'm saying? And then when she came up, I was like, oh shit, it's Janet Jackson. <laughs> like, All right, Janet, we'll take a seat. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's just been dope just to kind of, um, you know, bridge the kind of pop culture mm. and the street culture together. And, you know, there's a lot of street people that listen to the show, there's a lot of women that listen to the mm-hmm. show, there's corporate people, there's models, there's strippers, there's business women and all right. this other stuff. And to be able to deliver them content through interviews, dope interviews, timeless interviews, is Absolutely. is just a blessing. So I say that to just say I, I love all of it. You know what I'm saying? I respect like that. I, love I respect
1: it. that. And I knew yeah. you was going to say that. I knew you was going to say that, but mm-hmm. I still just wanted to ask Right. That. Um, speaking of the interviews, I remember where I did a very awkward interview and then I'm like, spring, what do I do when I have this awkward ass interview, you know, <laughs> um, and then you told me about an experience you had. Mm-hmm. So, um, speak about just awkward interview moments and then just, just moments where it's just like, just look back like, damn, I can't believe that. I mean, there, <laughs>
0: there was some, Brea, Brea, me and Brea Miles got off on the wrong foot, okay. um, long ago, but I mean, salute to her. She's done some cool things. For I sure. mean, you know, everybody was younger. Back then, it was definitely interesting interviewing Pinky at first because right. uh, I got a call to interview Pinky, and it's like the porn star that I watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she end up being the coolest person ever. We ended up doing That's mixtapes right. and parties and okay. uh, that. Uh, shouts to Reese. Okay. Reese. Um, probably one of the rawest interviews I've done because mm-hmm. he just was like, it was like, yo, what's up? It's DJ Screams Rich Radio. We got Lil Reese in the building, Shad Town. What's up, Lil Reese? What's popping? What's up, bro? Oh yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> so tell us about your new project and tell us what you got going on. I'll let it... Shit, you know what it is. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. You right. know what I'm saying? And this was live, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you know Webby, Mr Savage. Oh Webby's Webby. Webby so tried to hilarious. shoot at my assistant live on air. Oh my. You know what God. I mean? So no, we've had some. We've 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 had some. We said we had some really dope. Dope interview sure. moments. And it's, it's, it's to go from, like I said, um, more recently, uh, Dr. Sebi's daughter was...
1: Yeah, Kelly Kelly, yes, Kelly Bowman. Yes, Dr.
0: Sebi's daughter laid a lot of game on Absolutely. us. And I could I could just feel his spirit, Absolutely. you know, talking through her. And that was dope. Um, yeah, you know, it just goes on and on. I didn't know I knew Lil Marlo from, like, childhood. Really? And he was actually uh, him, a little baby. They would be at the studio. With me and Shadi Lowe were working. And they That's were like... Crazy teenage teenagers then and I'm like oh god, uh, Nietzsche just made me aware that mm. him and Gunna you know what I'm saying, was on the first mixtape I did for them back in 2000 2000- whenever, you know what I'm saying, so I'm, I'm just happy to have a, you know, I have a mixtape legacy, so mm. now it's about creating a community legacy Absolutely. maybe potentially a political legacy who knows, okay. wherever God takes me, you know what I'm saying like right. it's about just creating more of a legacy and and just um you know, inspiring other people to create theirs. That's right. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. Um, you know, one thing that's that's tough with this industry, you know, violence is, that's just natural, it's prone to it, it's mm-hmm. hip-hop, it's mm-hmm. real, you know, it's, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about just dealing with the losses of, you know, rappers mm-hmm. and especially rappers that you grow pro- close with, mm-hmm. such as the Shoddy Lowe's, you know, Bankroll Fresh, mm-hmm. Chink's Drugs, mm-hmm. and I know you met Nipsey as well, so just talk about
0: that. Shotty Lowe hurt, that wasn't violence. Right, um, right, right, It was a car crash, right, but right. It's, it, it just hurt because I, I, don't, I don't consider a lot of like rap artists my friends. Right, right. And Lowe is a friend, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that hurt because um, it always hurts when you talk to somebody like six days before something happens. And y'all make plans to go to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bankroll Fresh hurt. Um, mm-hmm. We were working on a record, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Chinks, Chinks, when I went to New York, to be completely honest, and I was working on my album, the only people that came to my session was Chinks, Jewels, Mm. and Mano. You know what I'm saying? But the person that really, really went far and beyond and really stuck around was Chinks. Mm -hmm. So we really built a relationship, did a dope mixtape, did some other things. I pulled up to his video shoots, and we were talking, we were texting. For that to happen, man, that was just unfortunate. You know, the homie was shining. Um, You know, uh, it goes all the way back, man. I remember talking to Slim Duncan, Mm, you know what I mean, a month before before that happened, and mm-hmm. you know, that all that's unfortunate. I'm not gonna lie, probably it was December 28th, and I remember I was on vacation, mm-hmm. I was in Vegas, and then I got the text about Dobe. and that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like one of them hit me harder than the other, right. it was just at that time, I ain't gonna lie, in my mm-hmm. head, I was just kinda like, I don't know, man, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about this, like, I don't know if, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. We're given this beautiful platform you know what I'm saying, the opportunity to feed our families and feed ourselves and get out the hood and do some positive things. And, you know, there's always street politics and all that, but, you know, I I, I just, it just kind of deflated me. You know what I'm saying? Because these are the people when I was working on my project that were my people. Right. I can call Dobie. Mm -hmm. I can call Bankroll. I can call, these are the people that kind of get it. It's like when the New York DJs were kind of you know, pushed up from their artists. The artists really supported them. I couldn't get that from certain Atlanta artists right. for whatever reason. It's all good, you know what I'm saying. But there are certain, there's a certain cluster of artists that were my go-to. So when people mm-hmm. ask me now, I'm like, "Yo, why don't you making more records?" I said, "Cause I haven't vibe with a lot of people since I made my last record." You know what I'm saying? And the people that were on my last record lit. These are people that I was cool with. You know what I'm saying? That I vibe with. So. um, I say just to say, you know, things is going to happen. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, uh, sure. The Nipsey thing hurt us all. Definitely. You talk about another person, like I said, that pushed me. It's rare that someone pushes me. And you're Absolutely. talking about the, the few times I met him. He didn't even really know me, know me. He knew where I was, mm-hmm. but he would push me. Like, you got to get on it, because you got mm-hmm. to go, man. What you waiting on? I'm like, come on, scream. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. So uh, violence is something that uh, we got to get under control just nationally, internationally. Um, I always do my rants against the NRA, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and let people know my stance and how I feel about the NRA and the fact that, um, you know, um, you know we're going to have guns because they're created. It's technology. Right. I own guns. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, I think there's certain things we can do to make it to where, like, yeah. to, to make people have to think about using the firearms. You know what right. I'm saying? It used to be in Atlanta, you got to go to the trunk. Right. Now it's right oh, yeah, here. So you ain't got to think too long. Man. About using your firearm, you know what I mean? So some of these laws and these politics is hurting the situation too. But we gotta be smart as people, we gotta do better, you know what I'm saying?
1: But yeah, that's you know, that's definitely one part of the game which I personally hate. You know, you get so close to some of these people and something like that happens, but that's mm-hmm. life. hmm You know, that's definitely it's part life. of the
0: process, unfortunately. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your advice for other upcoming people and people that's trying to get into the business and want mm-hmm. to have a you know, a, a career full of longevity such mm-hmm. as you?
0: Mm-hmm. Take some time and create purpose, you know what I'm saying? When well, me and Rip mm-hmm. used to sit around like we, we, we wanted to be, you know, we wanted to be like uh um, the next LaFace or the next Violator or, you know, we wanted to be that that go-to. the. It wasn't just about us. It was about us helping other people sure. achieve their dreams. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was our place. If, mm-hmm. if it was about us being the stars, per se, then we would have been rappers, that's right? right? Mm-hmm. But that's what it really was about for us and having that purpose. And I think that people understood and kind of took to that purpose. So if you're doing it for money or cars mm-hmm. or fame or jewelry or females or whatever the case may be, then your career is probably gonna be short-lived mm-hmm. if it even ever exists. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing it to tell a story, or I respect it when people be like, yo, why are you rapping? Man, I just want people to know about my hood. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Because what happens is you tell about your hood and people in other hoods realize, oh, a lot of the hoods got the same thing going right. on. Exactly. How are we gonna overcome these circumstances? You see what I'm saying? But when everybody, when, when you just say you're doing something for the money, it's like, well, just go clock in, bro. Right. Make some money. You know what I'm saying? So have a purpose. and um, If you're not going to have the stamina to run the marathon, then mm. don't even start the race. That's most important. You got to have stamina because this going to come with ups and downs. It is what it is. Regardless of what level you get to, it's going to come with ups and downs. How are you going to take your, your losses? I almost embrace my losses more than my wins. Mm. See what I'm saying? Because the losses make the wins blowouts. It's like, I don't want to lose again. So I know what to do not to lose. So not only am I'm going to win, right. I'm going to have a blowout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's some of the things in the jewels I just like to give people, man. You know, some of the things you just got to focus on.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, I respect that, you know, and I'm, I'm big on, you know, finding your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I break that down to even our keyword, progress, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I do things for, just to make sure that I'm mm-hmm. constantly getting better and then everybody around me, I want them to get better, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, we like to ask everybody on the progress report, mm-hmm. what does the word progress mean and what does it mean to screen?
0: You know, progress is about moving forward, if you just really keep it simple. Um, as long as you are moving forward... I think the most important thing is not the speed into moving forward, but just to make sure you're moving forward. If you're taking baby steps forward, you're moving forward, could be moving backwards. So when you take that baby step forward, celebrate your small wins, you know what I'm saying? And be grateful for those small wins. Be grateful that you are moving forward. Look, the turtle gonna get there. Now the rabbit might get there first, but the turtle's determined, damn it, the rabbit gotta sleep. Hmm. I ain't got to sleep, I'm gonna get there. So there's a lot of people that, you know what I'm saying, don't pop off as artists till 30 or their 30s or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. But if you have a vision and you have a purpose, like we we said before, then put it there mm-hmm. at the finish line and just go towards it. Now you do have to be intelligent and know, is your vision realistic? If you started rapping at 18 and you're 38 years old, mm-hmm reevaluate your vision, you know what I'm saying, like, because you also have to have a certain, um, spiritual sense in you to, to wonder, it, are, am I doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, so that's why I said, like, it was different when I just touched the turntables, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, wow, I found it, mm-hmm. this is it, oh, wow, this is how it feels, you know what I'm saying, like, if some people spend, like, their whole life trying to figure out what it is they're supposed to be doing and what they think that they love to do. And they don't really love any, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta find it out. And some people are going to figure it out at teenage years. Like I did. And some people going to figure it out in their twenties, some people out in their thirties, some people become millionaires in their fifties. They figure it out. Like just take some time really figuring it out. And as long as you're doing that and you're taking those baby steps, always kind of take it back to like comparing it to the gym. You don't have to go in the gym the first day and go crazy. If you do, all you're going to do is be sore and pass out and <laughs> be dehydrated, true. right? Right. Go in there, hit your push-ups, do your sit-ups, do your little 30-minute workout, and then come back the next day and do 31 minutes, and then come back the next day and do 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're making progress. You're moving forward. That's what it's all about. Don't be stagnant. You know what I'm saying? That's the opposite of progress, or that's the... Well, digressing is the opposite of progress, but stagnant Stagnant is probably even worse because you're just sitting still, you're not doing anything. You are not even making any effort to try to move forward or backwards. So you're just in the space where you're just stuck. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what progress is to me, just moving forward at any pace. And then some people move faster than others, but as long as you get there, that's all that matters. That's a fact, Mm -hmm. that's a fact. Um, Screen, what's next for you? What can we expect next? Ah, that question is always such a cloudy question. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, going hard with media, man, you know, big shout out to iHeart um, for allowing me the platform to have a radio show, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, every afternoon and uh, exposing people, like I said, the good content and interviews and new music and artists and so forth. Um you know venturing out into some things that's kind of outside of music me and you kind of talked about that you know what i'm saying whether it's real estate stocks i kind of throw my credit out there to motivate people not to flex but you know what i'm saying making sure that i'm on top of my business and what's happening you know in in the business world so i can motivate other people to Like, especially DJs, you know what I'm saying? I tell DJs, yo, there's no 401k, there's no retirement plan. If you're a DJ, like, you don't get any of that. You gotta figure it out. So, uh, major salute to Khaled, man. I think he's done a wonderful job of uh, diversifying the portfolio. Mm -hmm. And people like DJ Envy as well have inspired me to do some different things, diversify the portfolio and, you know what I'm saying, use my reach and and everything to, um, you know, inspire other people to say, hey, you know, now you can do some other things when you get to a certain point, when you made that progress and you put in that hard work and you built your brand, then, yo, do something else that you like to do. Because this, again, we find something that we love to do. But that doesn't mean we love other things. You know what I'm saying? I'm the type of person that believes you shouldn't be a jack of all trades, master or none. But, yo, if you got some extra time and you decide, I want to go to culinary school, I want to go to real estate school, I want to be a journalist, whatever the case is, then it's 24 hours in the day. You know what I'm saying? So you can get a lot more done than uh, you think you can. So I tell people just stay tuned. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint what's no, next, <laughs> right? Because I do kind of focus on today yeah. and okay. making sure today is a win. You know what I'm saying? But we got some really cool things uh, coming up as, as, as a collective. You know what I'm saying? And then even individually, you know, different people having different goals and working on different things is uh, a part of it, too. So, yeah, stay tuned.
1: Definitely. Well, this has been a great conversation. DJ Scream is a fellow Capricorn too, so you know. That's Lala, less, the goat, literally the goat. <laughs> For sure, man. Well, catch y'all
0: next time. Is <laughs> ready it radio? You been, not change the station. It's Gucci, man. La Fleur. They say I changed the nation. I'm a truple slash rapper, yeah. That's my occupation. And I don't carry chump change. All I do is carry face. I'm an athlete, i am enough to lead up all I think I'm dumb with me. Like D, uh, I make kiss my cleats. I brought you juice, I brought you flock. Now, who's the next to blow? I'm so bold Chris, so fresh so so, so
1: kind of
0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese
1: McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? ba ba ba